Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Folks, here's the thing. Of all the things, I've said this before here, but all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most. Amen? I, I do. I miss my mind the most. Sammy can attest to that. He's in kind of the same situation. But, but here's, here, here's, here's the deal, guys. Here, here's what I want you to know, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. When I'm out trying to find something, sometimes I can get so frustrated. Last week, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, let me, let me clarify before I get in trouble. But last week, uh, Amy lost her keys. That's the first time ever, okay? She lost them here in the church. She always puts them in a purse. Always can. I lose things every day. So I, I, you know, I kind of withheld, I kind of got, you know, I wanted to say, hey, you lost your keys. You know, I, I lose my stuff. You know, I've lost a million things. She's lost one. And uh, sometimes she wishes she could lose me. Amen. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. But we looked all over the place and finally uh, we found me at Michelle, uh, saw him right here on the, on the front row and we were able to find him and all. I, I tell you, when you're looking through your car, you're trying to clean out your car. Sometimes I find all kinds of goodies under there. I'm vacuuming. I find a 50 year old French fries. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, and they don't look a bit different than when I ate them. Amen? <laughs> they don't. I'm going to vacuum. I'm in there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get around. I'm trying to, I find that. Hey, listen, what they told me is if I can put five or six in a row and just add water, they're good as they always been. Amen? We just add water. Kind of like dry Christians. Just add that living water. Amen? But folks, trying to find things. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Come in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to quickly go through these verses, and then we're going to quickly go through the stories. We'll preach them all again sometime soon. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net, that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the, fir- into the fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You may be seated. Folks are trying to find all these things, trying to find, trying to find uh, uh, treasure, if you will. Some people are out there trying to find fame. Some are trying to find fortune. So some are trying to find, you know, where they can use their talent, where they can best be paid, all of those things. We look at all those things. Here was somebody, and Jesus is trying to tell a story about how, in fact, you can, you can find the best things in life. He's trying to teach us how we can find the best things in life. We know what it is. Ultimately, it's the gospel. That's what we'll teach today. But he's trying to tell them in a way that they can understand. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The first thing we see is, look what I found. Look, an incredible treasure. An incredible treasure. Here, here's the thing, folks. I, I know people play the lottery. There are people in this room, play, a ton of you in here that play the lottery. I go to the store sometimes. Y'all act like you're you know, scratching your nose and you're scratching the ticket. I get it. I go, I know you're trying to win the big money. I get it. I get it. 
And here's the thing, but for the lottery, let me, let me tell you something. I, I thought about this the other night. I mean this with all of my heart. I have absolutely, and, and I don't mean to just use the gambling term, but I have absolutely won the lottery with the love of this church. I'm going to tell you something. I have. This is a loving church, loving each other. I've absolutely won it. I don't need money, folks, when I've got that much. I can promise you. I need enough money to buy, I don't know, a pack of beef every once in a while, but that, you know, that'll, that'll do it. But here's the thing, folks. A lot of people out there searching. One woman, one time, she, she ran in the house, and she said this. Eric, she ran in, and she said, honey, pack your bags. We, I won the lottery. He said, where are we going? She says, I don't care where you go. Just get out. Amen? <laughs> but, folks, I'm going to tell you, some people searching for all kinds of things in this world. Some people searching for all kinds of things in this world. But when Jesus talks to these guys, he says, he says this. He says, there was somebody who, who happened to stumble over some treasure somewhere. Wasn't even his land at the time. I mean, in all honesty, if you look back to 1929, the Depression and all of that, there were people there who didn't trust the banks and such, and they'd bury their money. Brother Bobby Townsend, he buries part of our tithe in his backyard. And that's, you know, and that, that's, that's part of the deal. You know, that's part of the deal. We worked out with him. But here's the thing. He, buries, he would bury that treasure, and, and somebody from another, maybe they were brought off to war. Maybe there are a number of things, but they left that treasure in the ground, and nobody knew about it. Because you see, if somebody had known that treasure was in there, they wouldn't have sold the land. This guy happens to be walking around, he stumbles over it. Like many times, if you look at the woman at the well, if you've, if you've, seen, the, the, if you've seen the Bible, you've read the Bible, if you've seen the Chosen uh, series or what, you see the woman at the well, and she's just minding her own business, getting water, and all of a sudden she encounters this treasure. If you look at Paul, Paul's on the road to Damascus, and he's walking along, he's having a good time, and he's about to go persecute Christians, beat them up, tear them out of their home, beat them down. He's about to do all that kind of thing. All of a sudden, he stumbles over a treasure. And this person stumbles over this, sees this treasure in the ground, and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, and I'm going to sell everything for this treasure. Folks, I'm going to tell you, one of my favorite preachers to read, because I've never heard him actually speak, is Charles Spurgeon. Charles tells, it, Charles tells a story of him, and I mean, he has thousands upon thousands. He started preaching at 16, thousands upon thousands of great sermons. It'll blow your mind. But here's what he said. He said, he said when I was young, I went to church, but I just went through the motions. I went to church, and I said, I didn't really, I, didn't really, uh, I wasn't really into it or anything. He said, one night I realized I was supposed to be in church that Sunday night, and I realized it, but it was snowing like crazy, and everybody was staying home. He said, but I went out walking. He said, I was trying to find our church. He said, but I didn't. I had, it was snowing so hard, I had to sneak into another church. And I sat down in that pew, and, and, uh, and there were, the preacher couldn't even make it that night. There were four or five of them in there and me. And he said, preacher couldn't even make it that night. He said, one of the, one of the laymen got up, said, I guess I'm going to have to preach. And he got to his text. He said, look upon me, and thou shalt be saved. So he said, so a whole time, this guy didn't have anything to preach from it, said he kept saying those words, and he looked out at Charles Spurgeon, and he said these words, who are you looking upon? You need to look upon Christ. He said, and at that moment, he gave his life to Christ. That story, just a simple stumbling over treasure, and he it became born again in the midst of all that, and we see what God can do in our lives. Look what I found, an incredible treasure, but look at here, look what I found. A love beyond measure. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. In our church, we kind of have a, a running joke. If something breaks, if there are toys scattered, if there are all kinds, anything, that, it could have been the youth, it could have been adults, it could have been anybody, we blame it on the eights kids. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do. It, 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 angers, it angers Chet sometimes. It's true most of the time, but it angers him sometimes when it's not them. 
So we got a running joke, but let me, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Those of you who know that they have a, they've adopted a lot of their children. They're, they're, they're children, but they adopted them. And the other day we went and uh, we had a birthday lunch. Chet and I sat down with Fred. Now, Fred, Fred is, you know, when he in school, he struggles. But he's learning. His eyesight is really, really poor, but he's, he's trying. He's working hard. He's an incredible young man. I mean, he's vibrant, energetic. He's doing taekwondo. So he can't see you when he kicks you, so you better watch out. <laughs> no, no, he can. But here's the thing I want to tell you a story about. So we're sitting there, we're talking and all, and he's, he's having a good time. How old are you? He's telling me how old he is and all. We're wrestling a little bit in there, and I know we're not supposed to wrestle in the restaurant, but we're wrestling a little bit in there and having a good time and all. It wasn't but about a day later, a day later. Now, they're, they're having meetings all the time with Fred. You know, they're having meetings to figure out how to educate him. And I know uh, Paula and Kim and so many others in the, in, the, in the room have sat down and tried to help them through this in meetings and things like that. And uh, he's just a sweetheart. But here's what he did one time. We got that, we got that picture, guys. He, he wrote, a, he wrote a, a note in a class. He wrote a note in class. And on that note, he began to talk about his relationship with Jesus. And this is what he said. This is what he said. He says, I want to meet Jesus. Give him a high five. I want to give him a hug. Jesus can bring people back from the grave. Jesus found me and rescued me. Folks, now tell me something. <laughs> from the mouth of babes. See, see, here, here's, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. He, he's, he's delayed in some areas, and he's trying his best to get in school and do right in school and do get his grace in school, and he's got it all right. He found the treasure. He found the treasure. There will be people out there with such intelligent minds and in colleges and all these different things. They will be in there, and oh, my goodness gracious, what an incredible, incredible testimony it will be, though, to say, hey, look, you knew it all. You were the wise in this world. You were the wise in this world. You never could get it, but here was a child that's struggling to get what he can and he gets the treasure he gets the he stumbled over it and he said oh there's somebody that saved me from the grave praise God but you know what's even better Woo! but you know what's even better they take them in and they've adopted them and they're raising them and they're in this church every time the doors are open praise God okay so so here's the thing here's the thing every one of us at some point we were being abused by our father the devil we were being abused by our father the devil and you weren't born again yet but let me tell you what happened Jesus came along and said no 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 I got to have you I'll take you I'll take you just like you are I'll take you as beat up with all the past with all the with all the mess you got all the trash you've been through I'll take you like you are I'll change you. We'll work on it. We'll clean you. They caught you, but I'm going to clean you. Praise God. Oh, it's a love beyond measure. Oh, I found that love beyond measure. And it was incredible, folks. It was incredible. Here's the thing right here. I want to tell you, uh, Felton Pugh's in the back, and I always bring him up because he's like 907. But folks, they've been married. He and Marlene have been married 69 years. Hey, that's exactly right. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. But you know you know somebody when you've been married that long. I mean, you can't say, oh, I didn't know that you squeezed the toothpaste from the bottom up and didn't squeeze in the middle. You can't say that. All you know is you, you know this person. Because you know them, you know them, you know them. Folks, listen, listen to me. There was, there was a uh, woman, she was being 
she was being basically interrogated on the stand, but there was a prosecuting attorney. Prosecuting attorney said, uh, Mrs. Jones, do you know me? She said, oh yeah, I know you. I know you well. She said, I, I babysat you when you were a little boy. You are a scoundrel. You're the worst thing I've ever, I've ever seen. I thought you were going to turn out to be so good and you turned out so bad. You cheated on your wife and you, you've, uh, you, you've, you've just been a mess in your life. He said, he tried to, you know, tried to move things around a little bit. He said, do you know the, do you know the defense attorney? She said, oh yeah, I know him. She said, I babysat him too some. He had such promise. He married good and all, but then he, he became this defense lawyer. And he, he's just the worst thing in the world. And he, he's cheated on his wife too. And he's, he's been married seven, to eight, seven or eight times. He, he beats his children, all these different things. Well, all of a sudden, the, the judge just hits the gavel. He says, you two come up here. They came up, to the, uh, came up to the bench there and he said, let me tell you something. If you ask her if she knows me, I'm throwing you in jail. Amen? <laughs> here, here, here's, here's what... When, you, when you've been with somebody that long, you know them. Huh? Well, you, you know them. How long has Jesus been with you? He knows you. He knows the aches. He knows the pain. And look, when you go out on the street, uh, listen, I heard a guy say this one time, and it, it blessed my heart. A, a, a friend of mine who was witnessing to somebody, and, and we were giving him food and stuff like that, and he was witness to him. He said, Jesus loves you. You know what the guy said? He, says, he said, I know he loves me because he sent you. I wonder how many people know that love. I wonder how many people stumbled over that love in you. I wonder how many can say, I know Jesus loves me because you love me. I wonder how many people can say that in the midst of all that's going on in this world, everything that's happening. I know he loves me because, I know he loves me because he sent you, praise God. See, there are an awful lot of people that say, you know what? That person's cold. They ought to have a jacket. I'll pray for them a jacket. No, buy them a jacket. See, that's the answer to prayer. You see the problem, fix the problem. You see the problem, fix the problem. You found the treasure, folks. And here's the thing. Most people, most people, if there's a deal at Belks, oh, listen, I got 50% off, you ought to go to Belks. 20,000 people run to Belks to get a, get a deal on a, on a shirt or something. But we won't tell people. We won't tell people about Jesus, the greatest treasure there was. 50% off of it. We go from a verbal spigot to the quiet crickets, folks. There it is. I got something better than gold. I got a stone better than diamond. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and it's Jesus Christ. That's what I found. Oh, but folks, it gets even better. You say, it can't get better than that. Oh, my goodness. It says, look what I found, a meticulous, a meticulous merchant. I found a meticulous merchant. I had friends in school. Who said this? See, see, this merchant's looking for a pearl. This other guy found treasure. He says, I'm going to sell all I got. I'm going to get this land, and then I'm going to have the treasure. I got to have it. I got to have it. So he sold it. This guy is a meticulous merchant. And I had friends in high school who knew what they wanted to do from the sixth grade. They knew, listen, I'm going to be a dental hygienist, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that. And they had goals, and they were setting them. They were making them. Me, me I said, man, if I, can just be, if I can just be a cake maker, I'll be fine. I don't care. If I can just be a street sweeper, I'll be fine. They had goals, and they got on up there. They said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on up here, and I'm going I'm to uh, have this goal, and I'm going to make this kind of money and all that. I said, man, if I can just be happy with those kind of jobs, that just can, and I can, just, I can take it easy, work hard, work hard, but just take it easy and, and, and sit back and not have to worry about a whole lot. But then things changed about my senior year in high school. But I'm going to tell you, those people were very meticulous about their lives. You say, I want to change my life. Guess how your life's going to change when you change? Well, I want to change this relationship. Well, how do you change that relationship? You change. 
See, God's going to work with you and help you through it, but he's going to expect something. In the middle of all this, look at look, look, look what I found, a meticulous merchant. And he was looking for that special pearl. We preached on this a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this. I want to tell you, one of the weirdest companies I've found, and it's the truth, it's called Lonite, but it's a Swiss company. But here's what they'll do. They will take the ashes of your loved one, and they will make a diamond out of it. They will compress it so and, and, and do things with it, and they will compress it, and, and, and they will, you'll come out a jewel, and you say, well, listen, that would be the most valuable jewel I could possibly found, find, except for the fact that you stumbled over the gospel. But here's the thing. Why would you hold that to yourself? Why would you say, oh, I got this now. Let me, let me hide it now and not tell anybody that this is going on. Is it? And all of this, I was looking. I was looking for something, but I was still looking in all the wrong places. What's the country song? Looking for love in all the wrong places. I was looking for it in the wrong place. Some people are looking for it in pills. Some people are looking in fame. Some people are looking for money. Somebody looking at an alcohol. Somebody are looking for all these things. And he says, no, those things cannot satisfy. I am the great treasure. Oh, that we ought to be telling people about it. And here's what's so good. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says this. You permitted people who weren't even looking for you to find you. You permitted people who weren't even looking for you to find you. What an amazing God that they're wandering around and they stumble over this treasure and they say, Lord, I desperately, desperately want this treasure. But look at this. Look what I found. An all-in purchase. Jesus, and I say this all the time, Jesus is not concerned with having a thousand followers. He's not worried about having a billion followers. He's worried about having sincere followers. He says, guess what? When you follow me, it's going to be tough. When you follow me, it's going to be hard. All in. Hey, you know what we'll do? We'll get that gym membership in January. January 22nd. It's over. We've been sore too long. It's so funny. People say, come to me and they say, Ryan, I worked out yesterday and I'm just too sore. What do you think happens when you work out? <laughs> What do, you, what do you think happens in the middle? What do you go outside and work in the yard? You'll be sore. Jesus says, no, he said, please, please, please. I don't need half-hearted efforts in your singing. I don't need, I don't need you came in and you're not thinking about anything but what happened yesterday and the day before. I need people who are following me who are willing to go out and tell others no matter what happens, no matter what happens to your reputation, no matter what happens to your friendships. He says, those are the people. This person said, I will sell everything to get this treasure. It is amazing. Can you imagine the treasure that would have to be there for him to say, I'll go sell off everything I own and come back and buy this land, and that treasure will still be there, praise God. In the middle of all this, he would give it all up. But how many of us won't even bring up his name? You know, we have these here. It's awfully, awfully weird to go up into a store and say, hey, will you put this in your window? That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. So a postcard, a postcard, just to come up to somebody and say, hey, listen, I want to invite you to, I want to invite you to, you know why it's so important? I'm telling you guys, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you the cast of this play knows what it is. Cast, I, they, they do, they say, Ryan, Ryan, I'm telling you, there's something different this year. There's something different. I don't know if it's because we had to take a year off and we're mad at the devil. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you something's about to happen. Wouldn't you want to be a part of that? 
You say, oh, listen, he doesn't need, he doesn't need the half-hearted. He doesn't want that. He's like, listen, I need you all in. How much will you give up to follow me? How much will you give up? Oh, well, listen, I use this analogy all the time, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't know. How many of you, and I know it's an old movie. I say it's unbelievable it's old, but how many of you have seen Forrest Gump? Raise your hand. A lot of you. Let me tell you something. There's a scene in that movie. <laughs> There's a scene in that movie, guys. You young people ain't have a clue. But, but there's a scene in that movie, Forrest, he's in the, he's in the military. They're in Vietnam. And he's running, in, he's running in and out of the woods grabbing people. He's got them on his shoulders, and he's grabbing them. He is. Eli, come here. I don't know what I'm doing, man. Come here. You good? You good? All right. All right. He's grabbing them. Notice I, somebody's going to make a joke that I didn't pick somebody big. He's a good boy. He's hefty. But he's running in there. He, he's running in there. He said, I got him. I got him. They're pulling him out of there. They're pulling him out of there. And he, he gets person after person after person. He pulls him out of there. And he pulls him. He plays him on the ground. Finally, his commanding officer says this. What'd you eat last night, man? I'm just... No, 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 no. He's heavy. That's what I meant. Here, look, 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 here, listen, listen, listen. He would pull those people out, and he'd lay them on the ground. He'd lay them on the ground. And when he would lay them on the ground, his commanding officer said, you got to stop. Stop it. You're going to get yourself killed. You know what he said? He said, he had a friend named Bubba. He said, I got to get Bubba. <laughs> Folks, that's what I'm telling you. That Bubba. <laughs> Steve, thank you, buddy. Steve, Steve said, why don't I get that Bubba? Hey, listen to me. Listen to me. There's a point to be made here. There's a point to be made here. You found a treasure in Jesus Christ. And they're out there and they're lost. They may be in here and they're lost, but they're out there and they're lost. You say, I don't care. I found that treasure. I want to tell them about it. I'm going to tell them there's a treasure. I'm going to tell them there's a hospital called Mountain View that they can come to. And there are other churches, God-fearing and and Bible-believing churches that they can go to. Oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find them. And I ain't going to let them go. Listen, don't do that. Your reputation's at at risk. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to fire you. No, I got to get Bubba. Folks, listen, I found this in the midst of it. I found a treasure. I found found an all-in promise. Listen to this, listen to this. I wonder, I wonder if I said to the youth and the adults, $50 for every single person you bring to church next week. George Thomas go buy a van. Yeah, I guarantee you. He, he go buy a van. He'd be like, hey, man, let's load these boys up. We got a business opportunity. But you know what the problem with that is? Let me tell you what the problem with that is. The problem with that is, what about the reward you get from the Lord? Somebody, somebody say, oh, listen, I'm blessed. Why are you blessed? Oh, listen, but listen, look, 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 not all. And, and here's a farmer one time. He was, he was out and he was, he, was, he was tending his garden and everything. He didn't believe in the Lord and he would mock all those people going to church on Sunday. It came time for him to, him to have his harvest and it was the best garden he had ever had. And he said, you guys must be crazy. Look at me, a guy like I am. Here it is, harvest time. And I'm getting all this food and all. And this is what the people said. They were, they were kind. He had written a letter to the newspaper and told them how crazy they were. He was a very kind man, I'm a Christian, though, that wrote back. And he said this, God doesn't always settle his accounts in October. 
God doesn't always settle his accounts in October, James. So here, here's what happened. Here's what happens, guys. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. you got an opportunity now to take this to them and to be excited about it. I know it's going to crimp your style. That's exactly what Jesus wants. He wants it to. He doesn't want you to have your style. He wants you to have his style. And it's tough sometimes. I get it. In the midst of all this, oh, folks, that I would give you $50 a person just to invite them. Folks, what about their souls? Isn't that valuable enough? In the midst of all this, how valuable is your faith? How strong is your faith? How much do you care about what it is you're doing? Here's the next thing I see. Look what I found. A gathering net. Talks about, now listen, this is a strong part here. It says that this net, and I got one right here. It says that this net, it would have been a lot bigger. It would have been a drag net. They would have done it between two boats. They would have, drug, they would have gone, but listen to me, listen to me. Here's the funny thing about a net like this, or a drag net rather. What the word says is it doesn't just take the good fish. See, a lot of people think you're putting that net out there and you're getting the good fish too. No, 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 hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. It takes all the fish. And it's coming along, and every once in a while, that unbeliever will feel a little nudge from the net pulling, but they won't get it. They won't understand. They'll feel it, and then it'll back up a little bit, be off of them, they're floating around with the other fish. All of a sudden, they feel a little nudge again. Net's pulling in, folks, and time's running out. Hey, and you can get good fish, you can get bad fish, you can get ugly fish, I'm playing. I'm, Michelle about to slap me. That's her daddy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But that net's coming. That net's coming. It's, it's, like, it's like that net. It's like, it's like that fisherman has thrown that out, and old folks is pulling people in. It's pulling people in. That fisherman, look, look, James, James loves to fish. He talks about fishing all the time. Look, look, look here. Now, James will stretch the truth. James? Hey, he had, a fish, <laughs> he had a fish so big one time, the picture weighed three pounds. Amen? <laughs> huh? But you know what? Let me tell you what God's ready to do. Pull them on in a little bit. Pull the fish in just a little bit. Because there's coming a day that that friend of yours that doesn't know Jesus, he's going to pluck them out. And they get cast in the fire. You see, he says, this, this is why he grouped them all together. He said, this is a valuable lesson you have. This is something so special and valuable for you. that You've got to tell them. But if you should, because if you don't tell them, I'm telling you, there's a net out there, and it's pulling them all in. And there's going to be a day that they'll have to reckon to it. They'll have to know this, the good and the bad fish, the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, all of these things. The net, the net brings them all in. And folks, we got to be careful that they understand that at any moment could be their chance to be plucked or to be chosen. Look what I found. Conditions met. Conditions met. I found them in the middle. So here's these people inside of here. Have they, have they been saved? Have they been born again? Does it care to any, do we, any of us care that they've been born again? Are we calling them? Are we desperately pleading with them? Well, Ryan, I got to be strategic. And I understand strategy. But folks, I'm telling you, we're living in a world. I promise you this. It's about to go down. And I don't know about this, the end of the world. But I can tell you revival is about to happen. 
Revival's about to happen, and oh, it's this close, and oh, I can feel it. But guess what I feel? The reason I know it is because I feel the net. I feel it pulling me along, Eric. I feel it pulling me along. I know it's coming. In the middle of all this, I say, conditions met. How do you know Jesus? And here was, here was Bill Hybels. He's a pastor of, of uh, Willow Creek Church. And, and I'm going to tell you, he's been there forever. But he was talking to a young lady, and she was a teenager. He was talking to her, and she said, what are you studying over there? He was studying the Bible in his own airplane. He says, I'm studying the Bible. And he was kind of in a little, he was kind of a quirky mood. She says, why are you doing that? He says, because I don't want to go to hell. And he was just saying, just saying, see what she'd say. And she says, oh, I don't believe in all that. He says, you don't believe in heaven and hell. She says, oh, no, I don't believe in heaven and hell. She, and he said, why? She said, well, I, you know, I read a book one time, and I just really believe it. He said, the book, who wrote it? Oh, I don't remember. Well, well how long ago did you read it? It was a few years ago. Well, well, well what, what did they say? Well, they just, you know, just talked a lot about no heaven and no hell and all that kind of stuff. And he said, so let me get this straight. I don't remember you don't remember who wrote it. You don't remember what they said and how they said it. Is it possible they changed their mind in these past few years? Because you don't know the author and you haven't read anything else by them. Is it possible they've changed their mind and all that? She says, yeah, it's possible, but it's not likely. I know what you're trying to do. He said, no, ma'am, I know what you're trying to do. See, you're trying to, you're trying to have your own type of religion that lets you do whatever you want to do. And you can't afford to believe in God. Because God will change your whole life. He'll change it from the inside out. He'll clean you up, and he wants to clean you up. He, wants, he loves you, and he wants to clean you up. But you just want something that will let you live like you want to live. Oh, folks, in the middle of it all to see what God is doing in the midst of all of us and to know that he desperately wants to help us. But so many people are caught in that net right now who don't know Jesus. Here's, a, here's another thing. Look what I found. A costly bet. I found a costly bet. Are they willing, are they willing to give up everything and then suffer forever? Folks, let me tell you something. Last week, I'm not going to name any names, but many of you know because you're in the community. I still got a little bit, so y'all hang on. Not much, not much. Listen to me. This young man passed away, 16 years old. Wonderful young man. Family heartbroken and torn to pieces, as well they should be. I don't even, I, the horror, the absolute horror. But I got to wonder, as a pastor, you know, did he know Jesus? Did he know Jesus? Well, it, was, it just so happened, Noah Gulledge texted me. He said, uh, Ryan, man, I, gotta, uh, I, got you, I want you to pray for a family. They've lost their 16-year-old son. All of a sudden, starting, the dots were starting to connect. He said, I taught him in school. I called Noah up. I said, Noah, I said, tell me about him. Tell me about him. He said, Ryan, he said, here's the thing. He used to ask the deepest questions about Jesus. He used to ask the deepest questions. He'd, he'd, he'd ask all the time. He, he, and, and he said, man, we'd sit there and talk for the longest time. I had him, he said, I made up an award. Listen to this. I made up an award that I gave that year and had never given since. Most likely to be a preacher. Most likely to be a preacher. He was in the youth group over there at Christ Chapel he, uh, uh, when, the, when the accident happened and all. And, uh, and just to know, and for that family to know that, I don't know if that story was shared with, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was. But it, just to know that Noah, who ain't going to just give out something like that, said, hey, most likely to be a preacher. Young man who knew Jesus. But guess what, guys? We can leave here today and be gone. Most of you believers in the room, but maybe some of you aren't. 
Maybe some of you aren't believers in the room. Maybe, maybe you say, you know what? I came to church because somebody invited me to church. I've had enough of this stuff. I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. But let, let me tell you what I found. I wrote this down. Folks. I get excited sometimes a little more than I should. Too much Mountain Dew, I guess. I guess that's what it is. But I'm going to tell you what I really believe it is. I know where I was and I know where I am. I know what I was and I know what I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace and I praise God for that. You can be saved today if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can be saved. Don't leave this room. Don't leave this place. I'm telling you, it happens in an instant. Don't leave this place without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen to this, folks. I found something with 100% guarantee. Amen? I found something. I found something that fulfills my purpose. And listen, helps in time of pain, holds on when folks let go, found a best friend, found a cause to give up for, found something worth giving it up for, giving all of it up for, found an answer to this world and all it has and all its craziness. I found the Prince of Peace like never before. I found him to be faithful. So many people not faithful. I found him to be faithful. I found him to be a brother, a friend that cl- sticks closer than a brother, praise God. Let's tell, tell the world about him somewhere in here. Listen, in the next week, I want you to tell somebody about the treasure you found, praise God. Listen, listen I'm just getting started. Okay, here we go. I found my lawyer. I found my lawyer. I found the arm of the Lord. I found the author and the finisher of my faith. I found the bread of life. I found the cornerstone, praise God. I found the deliverer. I found the father. I found the first and the last. I found the good shepherd. I found the holy one. I found Emmanuel. I found the king of kings. I found the lamb of God. I found the mediator. I found the Passover lamb. I found the prince of peace. I found the rose of Sharon. I found my savior. I found the truth. I found the word of God. I found Jesus Christ died on the cross. Praise God. Woo, praise God. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. Somebody in this room needs to know him as Savior. I know, folks, you can walk on out of here and say, I'll do that another time. I hope you don't. I hope you don't. For the rest of you that are believers, why don't you pull somebody here next week? And I ain't talking about from another church. I'm talking about somebody that doesn't know him. I'm talking about somebody that doesn't know him. I'm talking about coming here and let's, let's praise the Lord and let's see him saved. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Friend, if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and Savior, you don't have to leave here that way. You say, Ryan, I want to I know him as Lord and Savior. I want to give him my heart. Then, friends, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer, meaning with all your heart. There's nothing in this prayer. It has to come from your heart. You pray it like you want to, but pray it like this. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want you to save me. I I believe you died on the cross for me, that you took the penalty. You paid the price for my sin. I believe that, and I believe you you rose from the dead. I believe you're alive right now, and that you want to help me through this life of of mine. I want to be saved. I want to walk with you. I I want to do what you would have me do and, and, and do your will. Lord Jesus, would you please save my soul? What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.